Welcome to Championship Saturday edition of the show. It is finally here. We're finally to Championship Week. Uh, it's been a crazy year, y'all. Uh, I think everybody knows 2020 has been a year like no other. Um, I'm personally glad that we've made it all the way to freaking December without some wild, crazy crap happening. But, John, Christian, uh, we have a guest on today, Christian, so that might get a little bit confusing later in the show. <laughs> but um, g- give me uh, give me just just let's 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 talk about 2020 as a whole right now. Since we're since we're at the end of the year, the bowl games are getting picked tomorrow. John, give me the craziest thing that you think has happened thus far in this 2020 college football season. Why do I always have to go first? Okay, oh, you don't have uh, to, Christian. You can go. It doesn't matter. Well, well hang on. There's two Christians on the show, so let me first introduce our guest for our fans. You know, on the show as well. Uh, he played at West Alabama. He played at North Point High School and at South Haven High School. Back in the day, people might know him from the area of Memphis area. But uh, Christian Salisbury is kindly to join us today. So, Christian Salisbury, thank you for taking your time today to join us on this uh, rainy Saturday here in town. No, thank you, guys. I love I love doing this. I enjoy doing it. And it's, it's just fun just to reconnect with people in the past. So, Well, Christian, let me ask you this, man. Since since you're the guest, let me, I'll, I'll just put you on the spot first. When you look at the landscape of college football in this, in this 2020 COVID-19 season, give me the craziest thing that you think's happened so far. Man, it's so much that has, that has happened, just honestly. Um, I think the craziest thing was just, like, the whole opting out and, you know, messing up, um, you know, guys coming out of high school and trying to get scholarships and, Guys that may want to come back, guys are opting out to go to the NFL. It's just a, it's just a big, a big cluster right now. But I mean, football is still football. It's a business, so I mean, you just kind of just got to go with it. But I think that's the craziest thing because I don't, I don't know how they're gonna kind of figure that out for high school kids that are, you know, maybe good and good enough to go to this school, but can't go because of certain offers and money and all that stuff. But I think that's just the biggest thing to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Chris, next now. Johnston, Christian Johnston, uh, what would you say your craziest thing in 2020 has been? Well, me being in radio, you know, you see firsthand, it affects you as well when you cover some of these high school games, but it's affecting, you know, you know, all uh, all divisions, college, NFL, but, um, you know, financially it really affects us because people don't, you know, they don't know what to expect with this COVID stuff. So the craziest thing I would say would just be, you know, sports in general has changed. I think maybe I I, I don't want to say forever, but it's just something for some reason, COVID to me is, has really impacted sports. I don't know if it can ever fully recover. And that to me, that's, that's like a, that shakes my world because I love sports. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, obviously COVID has really affected people's livelihood, too. And, you know, it's just been a really crazy year. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know how it can get much worse, honestly. You know, I, I'm thankful that, you know, you know, I'm still alive and everything else. But, man, there's some people that can't say that and they've lost family and it's just been a crazy year. I guess sports is, um, you know, it shouldn't be 
you know, sports should be put on the back burner when it comes to things like that. But man, I, I can't narrow it down to one thing because I mean, it's just been one of those years where you keep kind of roll with the punches. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, uh, also, Lisa Johnston, good morning. Uh, thank you for watching uh, the show as well, Lisa. Um, yeah, I, just to piggyback off what both of y'all have said thus far, uh, I think 2020 has been a year that's uh, kind of uh, put things into perspective uh, for for all of us. Um, you know, maybe some things that we took that were uh, luxuries of life have now been, uh, I don't want to say taken away, but uh, they've been restricted. And uh, I, I think it's opened our eyes uh, as to, to the things that are more important, uh, that being family, uh, you know, your job, uh, obviously, um, you know, just things like that that are more, um, like I said, more important. Uh, but uh, on the college football level of it, uh, I think the biggest thing for me, the craziest thing to me, it's been all of these um, opt-outs. Right. Um, right. I think in some instances, uh, like a Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, for an example, um, I understand him. Uh, he had family members that lost their lives uh, due to uh, difficulties with COVID-19, you know, whatever it was, they, they're, they're no longer here. Um, so I understand where he's coming from as far as family is concerned. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I think there is also guys that just realize, hey, I'm not going to get a chance to play where I want to play. And the selfishness of them said, hey, I'll just put COVID-19 on it because I know I'm not going to lose any years of eligibility of anything. Uh, and I'll just say, oh, i got to opt out. Um, I don't like that aspect of it. Um, I think if you're the NCAA college football playoff committee, you've got to expand this college football playoff because let's think about it, y'all. There's a power five, right? There's five power conferences. So why is there only four slots in the playoff? Yeah. It's, it's, it's automatically set up to fail from the very beginning. And this would have been a perfect year to, you know, test that out a little. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think, well, I, I think it's, yes, twofold. Number one, yes, this will be the perfect year to test it out. Number two, this is also the year that everybody now realizes it's not going to work. If if we're not going to expand, then go back to the BCS where you had a computer pick everything and it's, you know, strength of schedule, all that. Or expand it to eight, expand it to 16, and, you know, let's work this thing out and, and, and make it right. There's ways it can be done. Uh, I just don't know that they'll put the effort and time into it. But I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. What was your uh, No, no, you nailed it right on the money because I was about to say the same exact thing you were because what it kind of surprises me, like some of these players are optioning out or transferring uh, maybe their, like, last game of the season, for example. I know – there's like some Georgia players on my, you know my second team in general basically because they're optioning out and they're transferring on the last game of the season and they're like okay maybe we're just not happy here like you said because of playing time or something similar to that but I'm looking at it like this if I'm really a player I would have basically made a statement earlier in the season like um, 
some of our players at Memphis, for example, and said, hey, I'd rather, you know, just wait it out and see what happens. Maybe I do want to transfer. Maybe I don't want to transfer. I'm not going to say I want to transfer right away. But I just don't like the idea you're waiting this late in the season and basically say what you want to do. Because you're letting your whole team down, maybe for like a big bowl game, like the playoff game, or maybe a national championship for an Alabama Clemson rematch. You know, you don't see like Trevor Lawrence saying, oh, okay, I'm going to go for a go to my 2021 NFL draft to get ready for the New York Jets or whoever going into the ACC championship. You don't see leaders like that, you know? But another thing I'm kind of surprised about is by so many universities uh, taking out loans, for example, from banks, you know, the basically, I know you have to, but I'm just talking about like the biggest money. Like, for example, I saw a report from Mark Giannato yesterday that the University of Memphis basketball might have been taking like $10 million out, for example, out of a loan, which is crazy. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. And, and then, you know, these basically um, attendance also, like some, I know some states are totally different. But to me, it should be just fair across the board. You know, like Texas A&M, when they played Florida, the first game of the season or like middle of the year, Texas A&M had like, it felt like 100,000 plus still in that stadium. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're all camped up in there in that stadium. On the on the loan thing, uh, I think I think the number was uh, that the University of Memphis had taken out 12 million or something like that. Um, but also the University wow. of Arkansas, I believe, took out a uh, 18 or 19 million dollar loan. So you know, even even the bigger name schools of the country are doing the same thing. So you know, it's it's a it's a it's across the board an issue. Now, what I don't like, and I'll just be brutally honest about this and blunt, is a team like an LSU that, okay, you've had a down year. You're not as good as you were last year. We understand that. But you're three and whatever, and then all of a sudden you're going to place yourself a one-year bowl ban? Are we serious? I mean, is this are, – are, are, did we really just do that? I mean, come on. Just – who cares? I mean – it's smart by them, but it's also like, I mean, what happens? One, yeah, I mean, this. Let me ask you this: When the University of Memphis and John Calipari was getting ready to have the hammer thrown at them by the NCAA, what's the first thing a school typically will do? They'll self-impose bans, correct? Yeah. The LSU is getting ready to get. Uh, for lack of a better term, they got ahead of it in the face. Oh no, they they're way behind because LSU's about to get hit hard. I'm telling you, L, they're about to throw the hammer at them. Not just yeah. football, but basketball as well. Yeah, it's just with Will Wade the basketball still. I'm surprised exactly. he's still at the coach. I am shocked yeah. that Will Wade is still the coach at LSU. But um, yeah, I mean, I I I completely agree uh, with all three of y'all. It's been a, an insane year, um, but. We have now made it to championship week. I didn't think I didn't. I mean, I I, I honestly didn't believe we would we would make it here. Uh, there's also some other games going on as well today. Um, some some makeup games and stuff like that. Uh, John, when we get to 
the oh also 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 there was some big news uh on the plains of auburn uh hugh freeze is no longer there uh that was that was announced last week uh john give me you got any uh you got any insider information on you mean uh malzon i mean sorry yeah my my bad my bad i said <laughs> i said you freeze sorry i meant Gus you're, you're getting ahead of um i was okay. getting i was getting ahead of myself there uh, John, do you got any insider uh, information on the uh, Gus Malzahn replacement? Except for I've heard uh, Steve Sarkeesian is basically might be interviewing after the game today down in uh, Atlanta, possibly for the Auburn job. Um, we know Bielema. Right. Rep, well, Bielema got the Illinois job, but, you know, right. I'm hearing also that maybe – as we talked about yesterday, Mario Cristobal decided to stay at Oregon. Yeah. Um, and and we see that that was a big momentum boost for Oregon last night. Oh, that, absolutely. That yeah. big win over USC. I just think right now the only person I've really heard is Steve Sarkeesian, unless you've heard some other ones I don't, I'm not aware of. I still think, to be honest with you, it's probably mm-hmm. Hugh Freeze and Steve Sarkeesian are maybe the top two in that Auburn list right now. Yeah, um, uh, as I think we've talked about once before, uh, uh, Gus Malzahn's about to get paid, y'all, uh, quickly, by the way. $21.5 million buyout, oh, and, and they got to pay his butt half of it in the first 30 days. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, absolutely, uh, I wouldn't even do that. Would you, why would you? And then, <laughs> and then here's the kicker. That's he probably why you're doing to, that club dub thing. Yeah. He doesn't even have to. Here's the thing. Malzahn doesn't even have to go find or attempt to find another job, and he still gets the rest of the money. And he even think, hey, hey, isn't, isn't Richard Sexton his agent? Whoever his agent <laughs> is is a genius because – I think there should seriously be something done about that. Coaches getting fired and getting paid all that money. I mean, here's the thing. That, that just seems like a huge waste of money to me. Yeah, it could be somewhere else. Yeah. Do what now, Christian? It's just it's a huge waste of money. Else. I mean, especially in a COVID year. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, I mean, 21 mil. Um, well, look at, hey, look at, look at Kevin Sumlin. He's still getting paid from Texas A&M, and now he's getting paid from Arizona $12 million, so he's still getting paid from both schools. Yeah, and, and I think that comes out to like $21.5 million between yeah. two schools. I don't get why they have to have that much like security for their to, for them to take a job. I don't get it. I mean – I mean, I, I get um, job security is important, but $21 million? <laughs> that's and, a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money, man. Sam Pittman came out when they hired him, and uh, somebody said something about a buyout, and he said buyouts are for coaches who want to want to leave. Yep, I get or, it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I understand where he's coming from. Um, but uh, I think at the end of the day, this is just my opinion. I could be one thousand percent wrong. If I am cool, if I'm not, hey, I call it. Uh. I think it's going to be Hugh Freeze. I just think okay. Hugh. I think I think that's Hugh's. I don't think if you're Auburn, I don't think you can make a financial decision of paying twenty-one and a half million dollars to somebody if you don't know or have a damn good idea 
who your backup's going to be. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, if if they didn't do that, then I hope whoever goes there does an amazing job because he's screwed because they're they're a stupid organization. But I think it's going to be Hugh. Uh, I think if you if you look at Hugh Freeze, he's clown he's climbed Mount Saban uh, twice at Ole Miss. He did it in impressive fashion. We know he can recruit. Can he do it non-dirty? We don't know. Evidently so. He's doing it at freaking Liberty. Yeah, and they're um, winning. Exactly. They're winning, and they're winning impressively. Um, I like Hugh Freeze as a football coach. Uh, I think he's a very good football coach. Um, and I think he can win at Auburn. I think that's what Auburn wants, and that's what Auburn needs. Uh, but on the flip yeah. side of that, Steve Sarkeesian – would be just as big of a splash hire to me as um, as Hugh Freeze. Freeze. Yeah. I mean, the only way I can see Hugh not really taking the Auburn job because his friendship with Gus. That's the only really setback that I can see Hugh not taking that well, job. Well, Gus is gone. John. But notice, no, I'm talking about their friendship here. Do you because know how long it takes? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, <laughs> Do you know yeah, how long it takes to take – do you know how yeah. long? He's got twenty one million dollars though, so he's good. <laughs> That's my point right there. About, it's their friendship. That's the most I understand important. what you're saying, but yeah. I get the friendship, but twenty one and a half million dollars, they can still be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do y'all think about this coaching hire, Butch Jones in Jonesboro, Arkansas? That that's, that's a shocking one. That may be the most shocking one of all, actually. I love it. I love it too because he's also bringing in Ryan Applin, the former quarterback, as a running back coach as well. The one that gave us fits back in the day in Memphis. That guy may be where Butch man. Jones gets back on the map or something. Christian, he won't be there long. All right, Christian, guest Christian, how do you feel about um, the Butch Jones hire? Um, I honestly don't even know. I just. Wes Jones is a guy that just I feel like has to get his his rep back up. You know he he hasn't had too many good years, and I, I felt bad for him at one point because people were, were were talking about him and 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 stuff like that. But I mean, I feel like Butch Bush Jones is a good coach. He means good. It's just you know it just kind of it's just like building a new team. I mean, he's just got to find the guys that he can trust and. And that he he knows that I go out and perform every weekend. You know, he's a good, I believe he's a good coach. You know, I'll play for coaches all the time that'll run through a wall for me. And so, you know, it's just it's just one of those deals. He's just kind of got to find his right happy medium with the team. So, won't have this quite the same fan, uh, you know, pressure that that he did at Tennessee that, that he will at Arkansas State. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like every, every weekend you look up and you see something about. Something about Bush Jones and what he did, and I'm just like, dude, he's got so much pressure on his head right now. Yeah, yeah, he does, he does. I mean, it was it it the brick by brick mantra. I get it, I understand it because you have to build foundation brick by brick. I understand it, but on the flip side of that, if you're gonna holler brick by brick. You gotta you gotta build it brick by brick, and he. Oh. Gotta start laying at least one brick. A day. Well, he would have like a good, <laughs> exactly. he'd have a pretty good season, and then he'd 
he go back. It's like he would go backwards. I yeah, mean, he, he was, was backtracking more than he was moving forward. <laughs> yep. Well, guys, All right, one more. To get in I got a question regarding. Oh, go ahead. I got another question, real quick. What do y'all think about the Vanderbilt hire the Notre Dame defensive coordinator? I, like I don't know him. much about him personally, but uh, I know I think yeah, I know he's in, I know he's in Nashville. Like he's from the Nashville area. He played. Yeah, at I know he's. Yeah, he played at Vanderbilt, and he's young. That's the only thing I really know about him. Uh, I think if you're Vanderbilt, uh, knowing that um, their fan base is not behind them uh, ever, um, you that's a smart hire. You go get a local guy who played there, who's young, who can reconnect with those with with the, with the local high schools and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's a good hire. Plus, you get a defensive minded coach. Um, I think if you're Vanderbilt, you go off the grid, man. You bring a guy in there that runs triple option or something, something different, something that yeah, change it up, prepare for, um, to make you different, to make you a real challenge in the SEC or wherever you're, whoever you play. My opinion again. Good point. Let's get into picks. All right. Uh, up first, we've got the. Texas A&M Longhorns, number five in the country. Longhorns. Uh, I'm sorry, te- my, my bad. Texas A&M Aggies traveling up to uh, traveling up. To, that's gonna piss off a lot of a lot of Texas fans. Uh, the A&M Aggies traveling up to the Hill in Knoxville to take on the, you know, those guys up there that wear orange. Um, they're up. They're up seven nothing right now on Texas A&M. Aggies, the Aggies, they're up with seven at seven nothing right now. <clears throat> but give me A and M to win the game handedly. Uh, I don't like Tennessee's quarterback. Uh, I think he's terrible. He's only starting today, is he? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter <laughs> who's starting, John. They don't have a quarterback on the roster that can beat Texas A and M. In my opinion, not trying to make anybody mad, but it's a fact. Uh, go ahead, Chris, guess Christian. Who you got, man? I uh, most definitely got Texas a and I just, I mean, they got a lot of weapons on that team. If you watch them play, I mean, yeah. you, just can't, you can't overlook the fact that they have a lot of weapons. And, you know, I, I know guys on Tennessee. I played against Trey Smith. I know Eric Gray and all those guys. They're some great football players. But, I mean, you just kind of got to look at the spreadsheet of who's lining up against who. And, uh, I mean, 13. It's a matter of who wins their one-on-one battles, and I feel like Texas A&M has enough just to kind of coast away with it at the end. So they're probably the top school in Texas right now. Yeah. Where they're well, Tom, well, Tom Herman did save his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, who you got? You know, I tried to tell you yesterday. This might be one of the. Craziest games at 11 a.m. You got to watch out for. But uh, learning today that Tennessee doesn't have two of their assistant coaches coaching this game. One, because maybe he might be getting let go. One might be getting COVID tested. Who knows what's really going on in Knoxville. But um, and then Jeremy Pruitt on top of that is coaching the defense today. Um, so he's got defensive line to worry about to coach. Defensive coordinating position and being a head coach all in one game, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, like Christian said, you know, 
a lot of decent or a lot of good players on the Tennessee roster. I'm still thinking their offensive line by far is the most overrated thing this year in college football. Yeah. But I like I looking at the pregame stuff, I'm looking at Texas A and M definitely to cover the thirteen now. Looking at it now. But I was like, you know, I was going to say Tennessee could give them a game for half. You said Tennessee, because... I was going to take you off the Zoom, bro. No. <laughs> I mean, Tennessee was going to probably, you know, play, play them pretty well in the first half just because it's an early kickoff, in my opinion. Nice. All right, Christian Johnston, who you got, man? Yeah, um, I know Tennessee's leading right now. and I, I expected them to maybe come out strong and maybe fight for a quarter or maybe even a half, but – a and M is one of those teams that just wear you down after a while. You know, you may you may can like stay with them for a half, but they pull away eventually because they just got too many athletes out there. Um, and I think they'll win handedly. I think they'll cover thirteen. Um, you know, this is a game where Jeremy Pruitt, if he was able to pull it out, you know, might, you know, you know, I think he's going to be there next year anyway. But you know, you're looking um, back at it now. This would do him. This wouldn't hurt him definitely if he won this game. Um, oh no, heck no! Because I, I mean, but, my opinion is I think A and M should be right number four. I don't yeah. think Ohio State should be in the top four. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, going on on Fox, John, you got Fox, right? You can watch Fox. I'm not watching it right now, but yeah. Okay, John has Fox. He can watch this game. John doesn't have ABC. <laughs> John's not happy. Um, Northwestern taking on Ohio State. Those Buckeyes taking on the Wildcats. Uh, Ohio State's a 16-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, whoo, I don't want to do this. Give me Northwestern to get the win today, boys. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm going to screw Wes, it up for hey, everybody. Wes, you might have a good point because Ohio State's missing 22 players this kid. Jeez. And um, I don't know what's going on. I might be COVID tracing. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Northwestern defense has basically came to live the last few games. They really have. They stopped the They've been good all year. Yeah, they do. They have the offense. That defense, it's it's the offense for for Northwestern. And I'm sorry, John, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, you're fine. It's just like you said, I think the quarterback play is going to come down to it today. Um, Ohio State will win the game, but I think Northwestern will cover. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Northwestern, their deep their defense at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think the first uh, three or four games, I don't think they I don't think they gave up a, a single point uh, in the in the second half. Um, now Michigan State changed that, um, but this is obviously their toughest test, uh, and I think Pat, Fitz, Fat, Pat Fitzgerald will have this team ready to play today. Christian Guest. Who you got, man? And I'm going to have to go with you because I think Northwestern is a solid team year in and year out. You know, I don't – you know, they're a team that's not always, you know, talked about. But I've always been kind of a, a low-key fan of them just because yeah. of, you know, their, their tradition, the way they play football, honestly. Like, I just love the way that they play football. And, those guys are a hard team to beat. You know, they're not – especially at home. I, I I learned that a long time ago. At home, that is a hard team to beat. And they're just not some – you know, it's just not uh, Alabama and Ole Miss game. Whoever they play, they're, they're going to play their best and they're going to give you their best. So, I mean, especially Ohio State being out 22 players, that's 
that's like my senior class in high school. That's a lot. You know, you can't you can't really just bank on Justin Fields trying to put it on his back and yeah, it's four quarter game. You gotta play the whole game and I think Northwestern's gonna pull it out. Upset. Wow. Um, you know, now that I just found out about the twenty two player thing that you know, they're gonna they're gonna need some of those players back, Nick, uh, for the uh playoff if they wanna compete. Um but yeah, like I just think Ohio State, uh, despite that, still has probably better talent than Northwestern, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, missing twenty two players, you would think that would you know, put them way behind. But I think Ohio State gets the win today. Uh, they're just used to being in the bigger game. Northwestern's really not. Um, uh, I like what they're doing at Northwestern. Um, it's amazing that they're in the Big Ten championship, in my opinion. But I just think Ohio State will win. And they've got too much to play for. And they know that. Um, and they need to win this game. And I believe they will. And I think they'll get in the playoff. I think they'll cover. Yeah, I had a uh, absolutely viral rant on last the night. show last night. Yeah. About, yeah, you did. Um, uh, I mean, I went off. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm ticked off. It's stupid. They showed it on Sports Center and everything. Did they? That da 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 da. Great. Uh, man, um, Scott down Van Pelt. Your, you, down top you are not top ten. That's fine. Hey, not top ten, top ten. I don't care. It's still sports center. It don't matter to me. Um, but I don't agree with with Ohio State being in. I don't. It's wrong. It's not right. Don't get me started again, please. That was forty five minutes last night. Um, up next, we've got oh, shocker. Another team I don't agree with. Uh, the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma, a five-and-a-half-point favorite, taking on Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State is ranked – well, they can be there, but they're sixth. Uh, Oklahoma is tenth. Uh, Oklahoma is currently up 7 nothing. but uh, with that being said, uh, it didn't matter if they were up 7 nothing or not. Oklahoma is the better football team, I believe. I think they're playing better football right now. Uh, Lincoln Riley has got those boys playing. Um, give me Oklahoma to win. Cover, I think the win by fourteen to seventeen points today. Christian Guest, go ahead. I agree. I mean, Oklahoma, like you said, Lincoln Riley's a, a genius when it comes to football. You know, I've watched when Baker was there. I watched when Kyler was there. I watched just about every quarterback. You know, he's coached, and I mean, no matter what the situation, that guy can scheme up a lot of stuff and. You know, I just think, you know, Oklahoma just has a lot of firepower firepower with the spread. And, you know, Spencer Rattler is a guy that can – he can definitely throw the football and he can definitely run the football. So, it's just one of those – it's one of those deals uh, that I, I believe Oklahoma is a, a better team in this situation. All right. Other Christian, what you got, man? Yeah, I think Oklahoma is a really good football team. And, um you know, it's just one, they're one of those teams that they cannot put a full season together to save their life. I mean, I you know, I could actually, you know, right now I would be willing to make a case that they could, if they hadn't had those two losses, they, they could be a top five football team the way they're playing right now. But, you know, given the two losses this year, one of them being to Iowa State earlier in the year, 
Uh, I think they're going to win today, and they're just going to roll. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but when there's not a lot of pressure, that's when Oklahoma plays their best. Uh, and um, I think, I mean, there is pressure today. I mean, it's the Big Ten, Big Twelve championship, but uh, no college football playoff on the line. They'll win handedly. Um, Iowa State not used to being in the big game like this. I think that's going to play a factor, uh, just like in the Ohio State-Northwestern game. Give me Oklahoma to cover. Uh, the real question is, who's going to take the NFL job first? Um, Lincoln Riley or Matt Campbell? Neither. I'll answer that question for you. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think one of them is going to the NFL this year. I really do. Really? But um, I really got this gut feeling. I think Matt Campbell, basically, you know, I, he's a young coach, and I really think a lot of NFL teams need a younger coach to basically turn these teams around these days, especially the New York Jets. And uh, I'd love to see Matt Campbell see what he does, you know, in New York. Are you a Jets fan, I know, John? No, I'm not a Jets fan. <laughs> you but keep talking real, about the I, Jets a lot. <laughs> no, I'm not no Jets. Yes, <laughs> but no, but I just think this, I got this gut feeling. I think you know, one of these coaches today will take an NFL job next year. But uh, y'all took the words out of my mouth for Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma, although Iowa State's defense is pretty good at times, yes. but like they lost to lose. I mean, they did lose to Louisiana Lafayette this year. They lost to Kansas State, like we talked about yesterday. West very but, uh, bad I think, Kansas State team, John by seventeen. Uh, yeah. But bottom line is Spencer Rattler is the better quarterback on the field today, and uh, Oklahoma's going to convert more third downs on the field, and Oklahoma's going to win. Uh, you know, uh, and don't get don't get me wrong. I take nothing from Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell has done an absolutely amazing job at Iowa State. Because, I mean, let's be honest. He's not pulling in five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star. He's bringing in three, three-and-a-half and, and four-star guys and turning them in to major talent. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or bring, getting the most out of them. Let me put yeah, it that loss, yeah, loss really hurt them. Um, that running back they got, man, that uh, – what's his name? Brees Hall? That yeah. guy's a stud, man. That He's the best – he's, in my opinion, the bar none the best running back in college football. And I know Alabama's got a hell of a running back. Don't get me wrong. But that Brees Hall, that guy's a beast, man. Hard-nosed stud. Do what now? I said he's a hard-nosed runner. Yeah, he really is. He really, really is. And, and like I said, nothing against Matt Campbell. Uh, as far as the coaching change, John, uh, I don't know, man. I honestly think Lincoln Riley knows he's got something major at Oklahoma. I mean, let's let's really – I mean, really, when you sit back and think about it, John, he wins the Big 12, he's in the playoff every year. And he's don't, got talent. Don't be surprised if Stoops comes back. Stoops ain't coming back. Where? What, what's? What is he gonna do? Where, what is he gonna do, John? Bob Stoops coaching the XFL uh, Dallas Renegade team. Yeah, Stoops' careers. I think he's Stoops is done. done. Uh, I, I think I think Lincoln is a guy that is gonna be there for a while. I honestly don't think. He's gonna go anywhere. Uh, Matt Campbell, I think, will go. I don't think I, I don't think he'll go pro. I think he'll go to a um, 
a Michigan or a uh, <laughs> Notre Dame or something like that. I, I don't think uh, – no, I, I mean, I, I think Campbell could win at Auburn, honestly. I do. Uh, but I think that job's huge freezes, uh, like we talked about earlier. I think it is, uh, too. John? Yo. Can Ole Miss win at LSU today at 2.30 on the SEC Network? They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Can they do it? Absolutely. Bring the lane train down to Baton Rouge. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Really? I really think this game will come down to stops on defense for both teams. I see a shootout. I see like a 45-42 to type ball game in a way. But um, I think Ole Miss has definitely got the better players. I think LSU is just going to be – coming out a little bit flat, although they did win last week against Florida. But I get Ole Miss. I like Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. I mean, they won by their shoestrings last week <laughs> against Florida. Hey, it wins a win. I think Ole Miss is going to put a lot of pressure on LSU's freshman quarterback. That makes a lot of sense. Let me also bring this little tidbit of just a little uh, – devil's advocate here. What happens Lane Kiffin wins this game today, okay? What happens if Lane Kiffin's at Auburn next year? I mean, I saw I, that. Man, that, to me, to me, to me, that, that, well, twofold. Number one, if I'm Ole Miss, I'm pissed. Oh, yeah. You know I'm saying I'm living because <laughs> you just He's lost a guy a that has immediately turned that program around in one season. Not even a full season at that. No spring, no nothing. And he spun that program around with essentially the same roster that Matt Luke had last season. Um, but that that's that's a story that nobody's really talking about. And I feel like I know I said he freeze, but I think Lane has is is kind of that uh uh last horse, you know, that's getting that last big run at the end. I don't think uh, I don't think Auburn wants him. Who? Never know, man. Lane Kiff. Well, he hasn't he hasn't really done enough for me or for me personally at Ole Miss yet to to jump that you know because I think <clears throat> Ole Miss to Auburn is a, is a is a dramatic jump. Look how he turned Florida Atlantic around though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But he did. Um, here's, Lane Kiffin, here's, he can't jump ship after a year again, like he did at Rocky Top. They wanted money, to kill him there. They wanted to Dude, he was – I mean, there's some there's some mullets up there in Knoxville that would have killed his ass. Oh, uh, I don't even want to talk about that one. I heard. But, uh, but I here, keep it here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. On Twitter last week, uh, a Auburn fan – Tagged Hugh Freeze and said, hey, at Hugh Freeze, we don't want you at Auburn. And Hugh Freeze responded back and said, good. Wow. Now, it was it was later deleted, but, I mean, that's kind of shots fired from Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze should not have done that, but. To Auburn. No, he shouldn't have, but he did. And it, it got caught. Obviously, everything does now. Now, why would Auburn water now? 
Exactly. That's why, I mean, I, I know I said Hugh Freeze earlier, but, man, that Lane Kiffin just – I feel like he's a dark horse for that job. That I don't think it'll be think. either, actually. I think it'll be somebody we're not thinking. Who y'all got to win? I feel like it, too, to be honest. It's going to be somebody we did not even expect. Yeah. Ryan Silverfield, maybe, John? No, 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 no. <laughs> Just want to check. Hey, hey, Sam Hello. Right. Hey, don't be surprised. <laughs> I won't be surprised if Dan Lang actually gets an interview. If Sam Pittman left, I'd cry, man. You would. I know. I really would. Arkansas fans would. Um, really Christian would guest, guest Christian, uh, Ole Miss or LSU? Oh, man. Y'all just put me in a bad spot because I'm an LSU fan. I've been an LSU fan for a while. All right, how long? I I mean, did you just start when Burrow got there? Be honest. Oh, uh, <laughs> shoot. I've been watching when Odell was wearing 33 and yeah. Jarvis was still wearing 80 and all those guys. I'm Honey just, Badger? Yep, I saw all those games. Uh, yeah, your boy, your boy Odell is probably going to get y'all put on probation. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not. Um, that was uh, – I don't know why he did that, but – um, with You know, I just hate – you know, LSU being down this year, you know, they got freshman quarterbacks and they got all this stuff going on. Um, and, and I know, think Brad Johnson may be the answer. He looked good last week. Yeah. He I don't was, know about the answer. He he just needs more reps. He needs more yeah. live game reps. That's exactly what it is. He's a, he's got an arm, you know, he can throw the football. That's, that's without a doubt. I mean, I saw him last week stand in the pocket and he was taking a couple of shots to the mouth while he was delivering balls across the middle. But, um, you know, I think, uh, Stingley being out last week and, you know, stuff like that. You got a guy named uh, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss. He's one of the top receivers in the country. I mean, you got to figure out ways to keep him from getting open. Um, I trained with uh, another guy on uh, Ole Miss's roster, uh, Mingo. He wears number one like AJ. I trained with him at D1. He's a real big guy, you know. I mean, it's a, they got a lot of bodies at Ole Miss that people don't really respect. And, um, mm-hmm. and I feel like LSU – even though being my team, I'm going to pick LSU, but I feel like at the end of the day, deep down in reality, Ole Miss might win just because, you know, you got to think about it. Um, they're down. LSU's probably mentally is like, man, we really got to win this game. They're putting pressure on themselves. You know, you don't want to lose to a school like Ole Miss because, you know, you think Ole Miss has always been having down years. You know, they're always having losses here and there. But I think – Outside of my being biased of being a fan, uh, I'll go with Ole Miss just because, you know, it's just Lane Kiffin's done a great job this year. I mean, he can scheme up some some stuff, and it'll make your head hurt. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I had you down for LSU. Lane Kiffin's a, a freaking offensive genius, man. A wizard. Um, and I think, Christian, I when you were talking about why Ole Miss to Auburn, I think that's the answer. I think not only is he a more astute mind, and I'm not taking anything from Gus Malzahn. I, we all know Gus Malzahn is an extremely talented offensive play caller, genius, whatever. I think Lane Kiffin is ahead of his time in yes, without not, a doubt. Only, not only what he calls, but he can tell you why he's calling it for what reason? I mean, you know, he's just, I think, him and Kendall Browse uh, remind me a lot of each other 
in their play calling, their thought process, all that. I mean, it's – you imagine the Iron Bowl matchup, him going against Saban? I would love it. <laughs> I would love it. Exactly. I would love it. But Absolutely I, love it. I don't think he – I don't think for his sake he should leave Ole Miss after just one year. I mean, I guess the money if depends on what they offer him, but – I mean, if – if you're Auburn and you just back the Brinks truck up for true was on to leave town, what do you, I mean, they're going to bring three for whoever they hire. And if you're Lane Kiffin, yes, you put a bad taste in the SEC's mouth in the, uh, in the Ole Miss fans mouth. But if you got three Brinks trucks waiting on you at the tarmac, when you get off the plane <laughs> and, you Auburn's- a, and you got a $30 million buyout, who gives a crap if they they're mad at you? You know what I'm Auburn's saying. Auburn's definitely it, the better job. It is uh, much, but but at the same time, you know, going into that job, when you sign your name on that contract, they're gonna be. You know, their number one question is, can you beat Alabama? And you have to answer that yes, because if you tell them no, that you're not gonna come there. Yep. If you if you just think about it, I mean, watch some of the plays Ole Miss run and compared to Auburn's offense and how they run it. I mean, you got a guy in Auburn's offense, Bigsby. I think Lane Kiffin would love giving, giving him the ball. With, Tank with his Bigsby is a team. beast. Like, you got to think about people like that. And then if he had – um, what's the, the receiver they got? Um, I can't think of his name. The tall um, one in ass. Uh, I can't I think of his name. He's real tall. Just, just imagine Lane actually – Getting a, a player like that on his uh team and being able to throw a deep ball and you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I'm just saying that that Well, I'm not a LSU fan, but something tells me uh you know, they come off a big win against Florida. I just don't think I don't think they can really uh afford to lose to Ole Miss after a win like that. I mean I don't, I don't it's it's hard because I mean I, I I love LSU and I got people that play on Ole Miss so it's it's a tough pick for me, you know because I mean I'm I'm full bred I'm just full bred LSU like I I love LSU to death but I just I had to pick somebody you know it's just I I think yeah this is going this <laughs> is a hard I had game. to pick somebody I mean I can't just say no I'm not picking this game this is, picking this is a hard game to it. pick because they're pretty similar styles you know I mean yes without a doubt. All right, so uh, uh, can you give us your uh, rendition of Go Tigers that Ed Orgeron does? <laughs> Me? Oh, no, no I, I, ain't got his, I, ain't, I ain't got his voice, but I love the Come pick. on now. Come on now. You're a big, here, John big it. you fan. I'm not hey, not to put got, you on the spot or anything. He's got a one-of-a-kind voice. I don't think anybody can do that one. Boy, you slithered right out of that question. Great job. Go uh, Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers. Oh, <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, so let me pick the game real quick. Yeah, I yeah, I think LSU wins. I don't take. I, I don't really want them to win, but I think they will. But okay. well, me being an LSU fan, I think they will. But up next, we've got what I think is going to be the game of the day. John, you can't watch it. It's on ABC at three o'clock today. I'm sorry. Over mine. Hey, Chris, you got Comcast at the house. <laughs> What? Yeah, what? About, sorry, you got Comcast or what do you got? Oh, hey, look. Lord. 
Matter of fact, ESPN <laughs> app. I can find it live on YouTube, to be honest. They can put a lot of games live on YouTube. Yeah, they do. Yeah. This man is trying to <laughs> swindle a nothing cable <laughs> provider on live freaking broadcast. All right. So, we've got Clemson, number three, coming in. One loss to Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Double overtime. Great game uh, a, few, a, a few weeks back. But it's a little different today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will be behind center for Clemson, uh, where he was not that first game. I'll go first. Go ahead, John. I'm picking Clemson in a route. A route? Especially after what Brian Kelly said yesterday, what pissed me off. What did he say, John? If there's no fans allowed in the playoff game, I'm not. We might not play in the playoff game. I call BS on that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't he's, like, just, he's just fishing for people to. Oh, I know, but I'm just that's, that's right. just pissed me off with that comment. But Clemson by Go twenty. Ahead. Clemson by twenty. Wow. Uh, he was actually on game day this morning. <laughs> he bless you. bless you. Um, he was on, on. this morning. You didn't sneeze. Um, <laughs> and. He kind of backtracked a little bit on that. He said, look, he said, I think I think my comment was taken a little bit out of context. When I said yeah, fans, he said, what my point is, he said, I want the parents to be there. Mm-hmm. He said, if, if, if they're not going to allow these young men's parents to be at the games, that's the issue I have. Completely agree with him, 110%. I agree with um, and, I, and I 100% back him on that decision. If they're not going to allow parents, but threatening not to play, I don't think he would have ever done that. Here, I even say here. I even say this: Trevor Lawrence, three fifty passing. Wow. Okay. Uh, give me, uh, give me Notre Dame today again to beat Clemson. Uh, I think it should put Clemson out of the top four. Uh, a lot of people will argue with me on that. That's fine. I like to argue. You can argue with me. That's fine. Um. I think Notre Dame is just something special, man. And But here's the thing. I think if you look at Clemson, that offensive line has not been very, very strong this year. Uh, they lost three out of five starters coming into this season. Uh, Travis Etienne, the great running back that he has been, has not ran for over 100 yards in the last four games. So, that being said, give me Notre Dame. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> Notre Dame is going to win the game today. I think Ian Book could possibly solidify himself for a outsider for the Heisman. Yeah, I think he's, he's played that well this year for Notre Dame. Uh, hopefully they can get the running game going like they've had. Um, give me Notre Dame to get the win today and move on to the playoffs. Yeah, um, I think – Trevor Lawrence being there obviously is going to help Clemson a lot, um, but for some reason I've, I, I'm like I'm with you. I think Notre Dame's going to show up today, um, and Clemson. I don't believe they're near nearly as good as years past. Um, you know, here I, I say that, but they're here. They are still the top five. But I just I think it's going to be a close game. Um, part of me wants to pick Clemson, but. Like I said, I think Notre Dame is is legit this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're one of those teams, you know, that can hang with Alabama maybe. But um, 
yeah, give me Clemson or give me Notre Dame to win today as well. Go ahead, Chris. Cosbury, who's got mine? He's thinking hard on that one. It's a hard pick for me because, I mean, like you said, I like, I've watched the in book all year. Um, and the game that they beat Clemson, you know, DJ, I watched him all throughout high school at St. John Bosco and all that school. Um, I feel like he could have won that. He could have helped Clemson win that game. I just didn't think he was ready mentally to be in that type of environment because Notre Dame is not an easy place to play at. You know, like, it's it's a re- that's real football. And he did great, especially going in two overtimes as, you know, Trevor Lawrence's backup. You know, he did great. You know, he didn't do too bad, but – I'm going to have to go with Clemson, you know, because I, I I like Clemson. And every time I root for Notre Dame and they actually get into the playoff, they always blow it for me. So, I mean, it's just – it's my bad luck. But um, I'm, I'm going to go with Clemson. Uh, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to have a chip on his shoulder because I know he didn't like watching that game, especially going in double overtime. And I'm pretty sure he's probably talked to the linemen and, He's probably trying to help them out as much as possible. And he'll probably – they'll probably find ways to get Travis going, you know, especially him not running like he used to. Um, and it may factor in him probably saving his body for the NFL. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson. So, if Notre Dame wins or loses, are they still – are they out of the playoff? No. I don't – They will be. I don't think so. I mean, that that that'd be their only loss. And I think it depends on the score. Loss. I mean, you know. That. Points. Yeah, points, yeah. Uh, up next, we're going to do uh, – let's see, we got one, two – we got uh, three games left, y'all. Uh, up next, we've got uh, what I think has been a very impressive story, and that's San Diego State. Uh, number 24 in the country, uh, Nick Starkle, uh, former Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, you say San Diego or San Diego? In Arkansas. San Diego, or I'm sorry, San Jose State is what I thought I said. Um, but uh, Nick Starkle, uh, former Texas A&M quarterback, transferred over to Arkansas with Chad uh, Godawful Morris was the coach. Um, but Nick Starkle has reinvented himself in, at San Jose State. Um, they come in at six and zero, taking on John. You can watch this when it's on Fox. Uh, taking on Boise State. <laughs> Boise State is five and one. Uh, give me uh, Boise State's actually a seven-point favorite. Wrong team's favorite, big time in this one. Wow. Give San Jose State to win this game by ten points today. What about not you? So, I'll, I'll say not so fast on you right now. Okay. But go I'm 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 good. Boise State. I like their head coaching a little bit better. Okay. Uh, Kristen Guest, who you got next? I'm going with. Uh... San Jose has been a lot of upsets this year. And, you know, especially you got to think of teams like Coastal Carolina. They're not an easy team to beat either. They're undefeated too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. been, it's been a lot of underground teams, you know, that you don't really just see up there in the, the top of the top with the big schools. But, I mean, I'm going San Jose State because, I mean, you never know nowadays. You never know. Mm-hmm. Come on, Christian Johnson. Join me. Come on. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, who did you pick? I got Boise. Yeah, I mean, a part of me, I would like to see uh, San Jose State win. I just don't – I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to pick against Boise. I mean, they're just the cream of the crop in that conference. Um, the blue turf is awesome. Yeah, I mean, 
They're not playing there, though. They're playing at San Jose State. No, they're playing in Vegas. Oh, okay. It's in Vegas? Okay. I just like Boise in in games that matter. Uh, I don't know if San Jose State's ever been in a – be, even been ranked as high. When's the last time they've been six and zero? Oh? I mean, when no, Tom Bone when when Tom Bone was athletic director. Oh, that's probably that's been <laughs> five six years then probably. I mean, really? something like that. I thought it'd be. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing. I, that's I, that's purely a just non-educated guess. Trust me. <laughs> I like Nick Starkle, and I think you know he's gonna ball out in this game. But I just don't think they're gonna win. I think Boise State's going to win in cover. Right. Up next, John, do you have CBS? <laughs> yeah. I don't have hey, John can watch the SEC championship game. Up next, we've got number one. Hey, I don't have this, so we're fine. Okay. Number one, Alabama, 10-0. Best damn team in the land. Uh, taking on number seven, Florida Gators. Game of rolls. Don't get me started. This was part of my rant last night. <laughs> Florida should not have dropped one slot. It is pure. Never mind. I'll stop before I start cussing. All right. Uh, Alabama's a 15-and-a-half point favorite in this game. I think Alabama is the best team in the country. Uh, I think they have proven that time and time and time again this season. Uh, I believe they have beat every team by, like, an average of like freaking 30 points this year. And I don't know. It's 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 in that range. Um, give me Alabama big. Matt Jones is going to go off. Devontae Smith's going to have another great night. Uh, Najee Harris is just a man among boys running the ball. Uh, uh, I swear he's like Derrick Henry's little brother or something. Like they, they just remind like me. like that in high school. <laughs> man, they just remind me so much of each other, just their running styles. Um <clears throat> Uh, give me Alabama big, and that's nothing against Florida. I like Kyle Trask. I'm glad Pitts is back. Uh, number three likes to throw shoes. Um, I like Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's a good coach. I don't think uh, Dan Mullen's going to be uh, all the way. He's going to be like right here on Todd Graham because whenever that man makes a mistake on defense, Mullen just climbs up his butt, and Mullen's going to be like screaming out of his mouth today. It's going to be bad. Bama's going to score. <laughs> Bama's going to score at least 45 on them. Um, and didn't it, Mullen guarantee a win or something? I I, I don't know, man. If, if Mullen did. That's hard to keep up these days. He needs to stop talking if he guaranteed a win. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Bama 45, Florida 17-. 45-17. 45-17? I think it's going to be like 45-10. Yeah. Uh, Which Christian you talking well, about? Yes or Johnson? I guess. Oh, I'll go. Uh, this just brings me flashbacks from when I was watching Mark Ingram and Alabama take on Florida back then with Tebow and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't – it's hard to go against Bama at this rate. I mean, Devontae Smith is one of the best players in the country. Uh, I hate they're without Jalen Waddle. That's probably yeah. one of my favorite players on the team. Um, but, you know, I feel like – this decides really who wins the Heisman. These two guys right here, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. And I feel like for Florida to win, their receivers have to win the one-on-one battles. It's without a doubt. You know, Bama got great DBs every year. You know, it's it's about everybody doing their 111. 
And but I mean, if Florida can't do it, Bama's gonna easily win that game. So I'm going Bama. Yeah, um, I could see Florida actually coming out and maybe like scoring first and putting up mm-hmm. some points, and Alabama, you know, eventually get gets it going. Um, Florida will score today. They will. Yes. And they're, but I don't think their defense can even barely even slow Alabama. How they can't even slow Alabama down, um, and that's without Jalen Waddle. Uh, man, that offense, man. If if they had Waddle, man, they. But yeah, I mean, it'd be it would be. Already, they're already unstoppable. I mean, without yeah. him, that's that's the scary thing. But you wouldn't have Devontae Smith catching 200 and some yards a game. It'd probably be spread out between him, Waddle, and the rest of them. Right. Devontae, Devontae Smith has to carry a load for a little minute once Waddle. Oh, powers. yeah. Oh, he's done more than carry it. I, yeah, I think he did I think a lot. Is, I mean, he is a beast. I did not realize that guy was, was as talented as he is. Yeah. How much is Bama was favorite? Good when Henry Ruggs was there? Bama's favorite by 15. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they'll cover. Yeah, yeah, they're going to cover. All right, up next, we've got the uh, AC Championship. That would be the American Athletic Conference. Game I can't watch. Uh, Oh, John uh, cannot watch this game, ABC, tonight at 7 o'clock. Number 23, Tulsa, Golden Hurricanes, traveling up to Nippert Stadium. Take on the number nine Cincinnati Bearcats. It's another pet peeve I have with the college football playoff committee, but I'll leave it alone. Uh, Cincinnati is a 14-point favorite, 8-0 on the season. I don't want to give my pick yet. Uh, John, go ahead. Cincinnati will, um, I think, for some reason, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I guess it's gut feeling. Tulsa's defense is going to come ready to play. Um but I think Cincinnati maybe twenty eight to fourteen, right at the fourteen points. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, is it my turn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Cincinnati is going to come in, come to this game mad. They're just going to be looking to, you know, they're not going to get in the playoff, but they're going to play like 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 that's on the line today. I think they're just going to absolutely destroy Tulsa. Um, you know, I like what Tulsa's doing. I mean, they're a good football team. I just think Cincinnati's that's that much better. I think Cincinnati is a good team, and I think, you know, maybe even better than number nine. Um, that's that's left to us left for debate there. But I would have I would like to see start seeing teams like Cincinnati, you know, other teams like that to get a shot, you know. You know, mm-hmm. to be in the playoff, it just, you know, I know that their strength the schedule is a big thing, but, you know, you can tell if a team's good or not. I mean, yeah. you don't have to – they don't have to be playing a stacked schedule every year. But, uh, yeah, give me Cincinnati to win, and I think they'll cover the 14. I believe – I'm, I'm going with Cincinnati too. I mean, I feel like – I feel like they have a chip on their shoulder, you know, especially with all the years. I mean, nobody really – you think about Cincinnati, you barely watch them. You, people say Cincinnati and think about the Bengals right now at this point. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean um, – and, and, 
Last time I watched Cincinnati was when I was watching Tavon Austin go off every weekend. So, I mean, um, I feel like, yeah, they have a chip on their shoulder, and I, I believe they definitely want to be in the playoff or just any in, in the conversation. And I feel like when you're in that situation as a team, you feel disrespected. So, of course, you're going to have a chip on your shoulder. So, yeah, I, I feel like they'll cover. Real quick, Cincinnati has not played since November the 21st. It don't matter. <laughs> Which brings up my uh, choice for this game. Um, if you look at Cincinnati, I think up to this point, they have been disrespected by the College Football Playoff Committee and by the Rankings Committee, whatever, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cincinnati is one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I know they're the best team in the American Athletic Conference. Um, and I say that as a Memphis Tiger faithful fan. Yeah. Um, but that being said, they have not played since November 21st. That is almost, it's two days away from a solid month. Um, that's a long time. That's a very long time to be not playing at game speed. Um, now, I, you know, I, I know they have practices seven on seven, whatever, you know, 11 on 11. But uh, uh, as you know, Christian, um, Practice and game is two completely different things. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And at the same time, Tulsa has been getting ready for them. Now, obviously, they're getting ready for Tulsa. I understand that. But for 21 days, they've had to have stuff rammed up their nose, rammed in their mouth. You know, they're testing. They're, I just feel like for these last 21 days, there's been a lot of distraction. Not a lot of time to focus on getting ready for the conference championship game. I think Tulsa will win this game today. Um, I think Tulsa is just a special team this year. Um, They're not not special as in, oh, my God, Cinderella is going to win a national championship. But I think if you're Tulsa, this is your national championship right here. Cincinnati today is your national championship. It's a big game. I think Tulsa is going to win it. I think Phil Montgomery has done an amazing job with this program at Tulsa. Uh, nothing against Luke Fickle. The guy's done an amazing job. I think he is a coach that we need to look out for uh, jumping to a bigger team like true. somebody like that. Um, I think Fickle deserves that. But all that being said, give me Tulsa to win the game by uh, by 17 today. Wow. Cincinnati. That bad. Yeah. I knew $10 if that happens. I'm glad this is $100. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, what was that? That was uh, 10 and 200 Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. 17? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm okay, wrong, I have a question for uh, Christian before um, we can wrap it up with him. Um, Christian, can you talk a little bit about your college playing days at Itawamba a little bit and then West Alabama and then, you know, talk about the new league that you're going to be participating in for our fans oh yes sir uh you know first and foremost i started out my college career at Itawamba. um it's uh it was kind of a a weird feeling for me because i was a, a qualified athlete out of high school you know i had 24 on the act um i had a three, football I had, finalist <laughs> i had a 3a gpa <laughs> i don't care about all that i was caring about going to school and but, I mean, I did have a couple of accolades, but, you know, my, my main focus was trying to get a scholarship for my college degree 
and going to play college football. But it was it was a weird experience because I mean you don't I mean honestly you don't want to be there because I mean you're qualified. You don't have to be in junior college. The only reason I really went was just because I was trying to build myself a resume with bigger schools. I know I wasn't getting highly recruited out of high school because I didn't start getting my first. I didn't get my first offer to my junior after my junior year. So um, I thought going into Itawamba, I was like, okay, I could start my first year. I could play special teams, which, you know, people are, they know me for my speed and my return skills. So I was more focused on trying to make things happen on, um, in special teams unit. And, you know, it was a, it was a humbling experience more than it was just, you know, trying to get out because it taught me more how to, face adversity a little bit harder than it was like in high school. And I'm kind of glad that I got it that early because it made me into the athlete that I was at West Alabama. So um, I loved everything about ICC. It was a, it was a great experience. I had some great teammates, especially from the area that I came from. You know, we had Dan Ellington, um, who else? We had Terry Williams, uh, Devin Hollins, all those guys I pretty much played with growing up or I played with at some point in high school. Um, I didn't get my West Alabama offer till I would say I got my West Alabama offer, I think, literally like right after I think it was like right after the season in the spring. Yeah, that's what you told me, I think, right after your sophomore year. Yeah, it was, it was like it came so late because I was going to a, uh, the Mississippi State-Alabama game. I was going to, with a guy that was getting recruited, and I was like, Alabama-Mississippi State. I was like, I haven't seen Alabama play. I'm like, I know the atmosphere is good. And my uh, Anywhere your LSU clothes, talking. No, <laughs> I did have my LSU boxes on. I can't lie. <laughs> but uh, – I got that I got that call from the coach and he was like, What are you doing this weekend? He was like, Can you come down? And I was still at school at uh ICC. And I went down and I just kinda got there and you know, there were some Juco guys that I saw that I played against and I was like, I saw Tyreek Hill, Malcolm Butler up on the wall, because you know those guys played there, Seth Roberts, Deion Lacey. Um and I saw those guys and I was like, Well, maybe they, they you know, Tyreek Hill got into a little trouble you know, before he got to West Alabama. Malcolm Butler did what he was supposed to do, and he got out. Um, but I feel like they all had their own story in some way. So my deal was I wasn't – I only had maybe a couple offers. It was like West Alabama, Arkansas Monticello, and Mississippi College. and Monticello. You know, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I've been crossing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've been crossing Arkansas. It's like forty-five minutes away. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a no-brainer for me because I I knew that if we got West Alabama's got probably the most, you know, in the Division Two league, have the most NFL players in the league at this point. Um, so I knew I was going to be in front of NFL coaches. I knew I wasn't worried about school because I knew what I could do in the classroom, and you know I could hold myself to a high standard when it comes to grades. Um, I feel like West Alabama changed my life, to be honest, because the things that I did there and the things that I learned as a man and an athlete, you know, taught me, you know, just basically how to appreciate things a little bit more. Because, I mean, especially now with college football being over with, I would probably give my left pinky toe just to go back and play another down at West Alabama because it was that much fun. Like, you didn't. 
it's not it's not as much pressure as it is now trying to get a contract and trying to get signed by a team than it is just here we're giving you a scholarship you come spend four years here and you know some of the guys that I played with are like my brothers at this point um I had some great games I'm not gonna lie to you uh I've had some nervous games because I mean I remember seeing the the Giants and the Browns we were playing West Georgia they had a guy um Jackson, a running back, he broke all the little records at West Georgia, and I think he broke some in the league. It was uh, he was number two, I was number two, so it was like the Browns, the Giants, and uh, I think a couple other teams were there. We were playing at West Georgia, and that stadium looks like a like a D one FCS yeah. school. Like it was, it's pretty big. Um, that was like fifteen to twenty thousand. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice school, and I loved everything about it. The only thing I hated it was started raining. And there's scouts out there, and the next thing I know, I'm catching a punt. And as soon as the punt comes down, I look to my right, and they're standing like literally like right here by my face. So it, it was wow. it was a weird experience, but I mean, I think it was kind of fun because I think it gave me a little something extra to play for because I know who I am as an athlete when it comes to a team sport. I'll put my teammates before everything. You know, I'm not a selfish person, but in the back of my mind, you got to think about your future as a, a person too. So. I, I was having a, a fun time every time they were, you know, making a call for me to block, making a call for me to, you know, catch a screen or catch a pass. I was doing everything I could because I know it, it was a rivalry game at that. So I knew everything that was at stake. I wasn't trying to mess up. I wasn't trying to do anything that was going to jeopardize the team. So, I mean, I, I think I ended up having maybe over 100 and some yards all purpose maybe or receiving. But it was a it was a good little shootout. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think we lost by two. We tried to recover onside kick and they ended up getting it back due to a flag or whatever. But that's one game I do remember. And then the next week I ended up going for 122 yards against Delta State. So I I had milestone a couple weeks. Um, yeah. And then that new then that new league you're talking about. You know you're talking about like who's the spot again? It's uh ran by Marshawn Lynch. Richard Sherman, uh, the rapper Quavo, the YouTuber Sh- Destroying, Mike Tyson, Austin Eckler, I think, is one of them. And uh, I think it's two more people. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of big names in it. Um, I think it's a good idea that they're doing that because with COVID going on, which we're going to be in a sports bubble, we got to get COVID tested. I got to go down January 11th to get COVID tested, which is a week before training camp. Um, I think this is a good thing and a good expansion league because they said NFL guys will have coach. I mean, NFL coaches and stuff will be there, which is that gives the NFL chances and the CFL and XFL and whatever else league wants to look gives them a chance to look and see more talent rather than just actually looking at the D1 level and overlooking the the small school guys. Because I believe in our class this past year. Uh, in the draft, I believe a lot of us could, if it wasn't, if COVID hadn't happened, I believe a lot of us would have went in the draft or definitely been undrafted because me personally, I'm a confident person, you know, I'm not going to boast and, you know, be a cocky person, but, you know, I ran a 4-3-8 hand time with uh, Mark Litherbridge, he's ex-scout with the Packers, Uh, he coached with the Battlehawks, St. Louis Battlehawks, I ran the 40 and he was like, this is a legit four three eight, and I was struggling to run four three eight for like two months straight. I was dealing with hamstring problems, 
And even with a hamstring problem, I ran a four four five hand time. So, and I was already on my high horse because I had my pro day at Bama, which I'm gonna, probably gonna be there with Jerry Judy. I'm probably thinking Jalen Walter's probably about to come out, and you know Henry Ruggs was going too. So, and uh, Henry Ruggs, of course, had the fastest forty. I was not trying to compete with him, but Judy ran like a four four. If I'm not mistaken, he ran like a four four five, four four six, laser at uh. Uh, at the combine in Indy, and which I was, I was kind of happy about it because it was like this is my chance to prove who I am as a person, an athlete. Just don't look at my size because I recently ran a four four one laser in uh, at my bowl game. It was in like early January, and I was, I probably wasn't even prepared to even run a forty. Like I just literally lined up and was just took off. But wow. I, I think now I'm more confident with. 40s and just running due to the fact that I trained with a, a Olympic track guy that raced against Usain Bolt. His name's Tro Kimmings. You know, uh, if you don't know who he is, I, I suggest you look him up on YouTube. The guy can fly, and he took me through some some pain that I've never never experienced because I wasn't training for football. I was training to be a track athlete. I lost 20 pounds in like maybe a month or two. Uh, I'm back to high school weight at this point. Uh, I'm not you're, back at, you're back at 160 now? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm at 175, 178. But I, I didn't expect myself to get this small. But I, without him, I think some of the things that happened to me up this point would be possible just because I'm more – I look more fluent as a as a receiver. Um, I feel more confident as a receiver because, you, uh, John, you know, uh, I was a running back in high school. I've been a running back my whole life. Well, you're – and then you were a receiver in college. I'm like, what? Yeah, what's it was, going it was on? a that was a quick transition. Like I've been a running back my whole life since I started football as a running back. And you know they throw me out at receiver as soon as I get in junior college, which was I didn't complain. I didn't I didn't you know complain about playing running back, getting snapped. I sucked it up. I soaked up everything I could as an athlete to be a, the a best receiver for any program that I stepped on the field for. Um, but I think I think it made me you know, appreciate the game a little bit more because I always hear stories about guys, you know, having to change positions and, you know, what they do with it. You know, it's, it's just, it's a weird experience, but I feel like that was a way for, I took it as, I took it for what it was and was just like, well, it's another way you can just add to something in your, uh, in your arsenal as an athlete. I mean, I can run the football. I can now catch the football, whether it's out of backfield or lining me up in the slot. Uh, I can return or kick return punt. Yeah, yeah, I can return and I can throw. So I mean, I mean, there's a, there was a game in high school where I did. I had a well, the whole throughout the whole season, I either had a pick six, uh, I threw a touchdown, I ran for a touchdown, and uh, played quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I can I can help put. Points on the board either way, whatever it is, even it's on defense. I don't care if I had to play special teams, go make a tackle. I mean, it's, it's football. If you love the game, you're not scared to do anything people ask you to do. I mean, I've always told you this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, I've always told you since I've known you since mm -hmm. your junior year of high school, like the last seven years or so, I've told you that, you know, a lot of college coaches really didn't don't give enough people like you and other people like your size in general enough credit. Because y'all should get more offers in the long run. Because y'all just like no, another normal player out there. You know that there's a lot of yeah. credit. We're as well. at a disadvantage way more than other athletes that are six one. You know, 
And yes. for a guy that's, you know, think about it. For a guy that's my height, I'm five. Six, I'm bringing up Lincoln Perez as an example as well because he's the same size as you are, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and you, like I said, it was just like I'm five six and three eights or whatever the NFL wants to call me, and then you going against a guy that's six two and you're outworking him, making the same plays as him. You know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like height, high, a lot of height and politics should be ruled out of the game because. There's there's kids my height or there's me and my height that, you know, love the game like I do and they actually study the game just as much as a guy that's six two and will do anything. I've I've worked out with a lot of so called good guys or whatever, but you know no. and nobody I'm you gonna have to outwork me at the end of the day. <laughs> well, Christian Salisbury, I know you got another interview to do with your uh, pro league and then, you know, so I appreciate your time as always, and uh, keep us posted on how everything goes in the ATL. I will. I appreciate y'all for inviting me. Not a problem, man. Thank you very much for being on the show, Christian. It's been a great, Thank y'all. great time having you. All right, yes, sir. I love to. Ha- I love to be on again. Will do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We are still live on Facebook uh, right now, bringing in a very, very special guest. He is rocking the Memphis uh, beanie. Is that is that a is that a Memphis beanie? I see. That uh, is. <laughs> uh, brand new Memphis Tiger. Uh, very 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 happy and special to get him on today. That is one Mr. Jeremiah Oatsvall. Did I correct? Did I say the last name correctly? You did Oatsvall, just like oatmeal, yeah. but then with the ball at the end. Boy, you probably said that numerous times in your life. I'm sure. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, it is an honor. John and I are huge, huge, huge Memphis Tiger fans. Um, but uh, so you came from Austin P. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, playing time at Austin P. and uh, playing for uh, Will. Was it Will Healy up there? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I uh, chose Austin P. out of high school. Um, obviously, they were on a pretty bad losing streak, and you know our class kind of decided that we wanted to do something different and, you know, help change a program around. So um, we were able to get the top recruiting class in all of uh, the FCS division or one single A, division one, single A, whatever you want to say it as. Um, and so, yeah, I went there and I, you know, I had a great time there. Coach Healy I was, I, I was there. He was there for my first two years um, and I was able to play as a freshman and a sophomore under him. And, uh, had really a great season my freshman year going eight and four and kind of changing the whole dynamics of the program um, had a pretty decent sophomore year and then obviously he took the Charlotte job and now he's uh, in the conference USA coaching them and uh, so my junior year I uh, I got hurt and had a season in an injury in the second game and but our team went on and to win the OBC championship and make a great playoff run and then obviously COVID year kind of happened so yeah. that was kind of a very quick relapse of how my time at Austin P went and, you know, made some lifelong friends, had some really good playing experiences. And so. And also I was going to say also, you know, I'll get to your brother in a second, but, uh, you know, your freshman year, you threw 80 attempts for 141 out of that and basically threw 1,148 yards seven touchdown passes, and um, you were also running the football pretty well. 
over 400 yards as well. And then you had a career day at UCF, uh, threw over 200 yards at UCF. And as Memphis fans, you know, in the future, we definitely look forward to seeing those numbers at UCF um, as well. And then your sophomore year, you had a 1,631 yards passing. And you set a lot of Austin P records as well your first two years at Austin P. But talk about, you know, I want to bring up your high school days just for a, for a second as well, because you were a two-sport athlete playing basketball and football back in high school at Brentwood Academy, who you were coached under Hubie Smith on, on the basketball court. And y'all won, what, four state basketball championships and four state football championships, right, at Brentwood oh, Academy? I, I didn't. I'm sorry, I'm not, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't realize that, that Hubie was at Brentwood now. No, it, well, he was. Yeah, he, he, oh, yeah. really? Okay, okay, cool. I did not I did not know that. Very, very, very cool. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, so, I mean, I was able to win three basketball and two football. Um, but yeah. they did continue on. My brother actually here won um, two state championships as well. Um, so he kind of continued that after we were out. I, I got the two in football, and then they also had two when I left. But I had three in basketball. And then they continued to have, I think, yeah, they had one right after I left as well. So, yeah, it was a, I had an un- unbelievable high school experience athletically at Brentwood Academy playing for Hubie, obviously, is a big Memphis name. And, you know, I, I was able to learn a lot under him. And, um, so I had, a, you know, a lot of time. And I, I think a lot of those basketball kind of agility skills kind of helped translate my game on the football field. So yeah. high school was really fun. Um, so, and my brother just here just finished his uh, senior season of football and, you know, our kind of Oatsfall name is now retired from the Brentwood Academy uh, <laughs> history books. But yeah, we, we both had a really good and fun time at, at Brentwood Academy. Jeremiah, also real quick, you had 15 school records at Brentwood Academy. Uh, you had most career rushing yards by a single quarterback, at, you know, in that career as well. You had 2,000 uh 645 rushing yards, 6,000 yards passing as well, 56 touchdown passes, and most career touchdowns were at 91. But I also want to bring up, you know, a lot of fans don't know this as well, but he also played basketball with an NBA star in Darius Garland. So what can you tell me about that? You know, how did it feel to play with an NBA star? I don't know if you still talk to him or not, but talk about your friendship that you still have with him today. Yeah, I mean, me me and Darius talked at least every month. I mean, we have a kind of group chat that, that me and a, a bunch of buddies from high school, about five buddies from high school still communicate to through this day. Um, but yeah, it was fun, man. Obviously playing with somebody like that that's in the NBA. I mean, the talent and the IQ level is, is just so high. And, you know, we've been playing against each other for a long time. And then when we got to high school, we were able to team up together and uh, we did some pretty special things and he's a great player. And obviously being the number five overall draft pick kind of, kind of speaks for itself. Um, but, you know, we were, we were able to play four years together. I mean, he got to play at the end of his eighth grade year. He kind of came up to varsity and, and played with us. Um, but we were able to spend four years together, win three state championships. And, you know, I, we, we made it pretty hard on, on coaches, the opposing coaches, to try to game plan for the for our. Uh, Jeremiah. Elijah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask real quick, just because out of curiosity. Uh, of course, you you were at Austin P. Uh, I, I guess you entered the transfer portal and then ended up coming to Memphis. Is that is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Uh, give us as fans just a little insight into the transfer. Por- I mean, 
it's the portal. You know, that's what everybody hears is the transfer portal. But um, talk a little bit about the portal itself and then talk a little bit more about uh, just what Ryan Silverfield is really selling at the University of Memphis. Well, the transfer portal is kind of crazy in the sense that it's like high school recruiting. I was in the transfer portal. It was kind of, you know, coaches coming, you know, kind of out the woodworks again and trying to follow you and get in contact with you, just saying, hey, like, what, what's your plan? Like, we would love to talk a little bit about your future here. And and it's cool because as a now that I've been in college for three and a half, four years, I kind of know the ins and outs and I kind of know the verbiage of, you know, what's what's true, you know, what's kind of bluff because, you know, I've been there. So there's nothing it's hard to really sell, you know, again to a guy that's been in, in it for three years. And so I was able to, you know, and I think the college coaches knew that, too. Like this guy, I mean, you're not going to be able to sell, you know, the red carpet like we, we do to all the high school students. You know, we're going to kind of keep telling how it is. Like this is what we have. This is kind of what we see you as. And so I was able to, you know, talk with some really, you know, great coaches. But, you know, it all goes back. Coach Silfield was one of the first guys to text me that, that night I got in the transfer portal just saying, hey, I just want to let you know we got a, you got a spot on this team. Um, we really love, you know, to use you. And, and in my in my head, I was thinking about, you know, his loyalty to me throughout high school. You know, he was the O-line coach, and he really wanted me to come play at Memphis. But, you know, Coach Norvell, you know, wanted a different style of quarterback. But, you know, throughout the years, me and Coach Silfield maybe talked once a year, just, you know, hey, you know, congrats on, you know, all your success, you know, vice versa type deal. And so his kind of role in that played a huge decision. And I trust what he, you know, is doing. And I, and it speaks for itself that he believed in me when he wasn't the head coach. And then when he got the head coaching job, he still was like, hey, this is how we want to use you. And for what I want to do and, you know, what I think my best shot is at playing at the next level, he's going to use me in that way. And I, I mean, I, I'm so fired up to go and, and, and do – and play all the roles that he wants me to play. And it's going to be so fun. And, you know, I really believe in what Memphis is doing as a football program. You know, they're on, I'm talking about the up, you know, people are, I read an article about people saying, you know, how this has been just an okay year, but then you look at his, what he's done, like in his first year compared to coach Norvell's first year, yeah. it's, I mean, the numbers speak for itself. And I, so they're only going to get better. Their recruiting class obviously is, I think a top 50 recruiting class in the country right now. So they're competing recruiting wise, they're competing facility wise. I mean, obviously we're going to the cotton bowl last year. So I'm, I'm fired up. And that was coach Silverfield and the way he he's going to use me is hundred percent. The reason that I chose, you know, Memphis. You know, I also have told people in the past, you know, regarding coach Silverfield, he's got a veteran staff around him. Like with Coach Jones and uh, Mac McIntyre, uh, Pete Lombo, the special team coach that we got from Rice a couple years ago. Uh, the good thing is the veteran staff is always, you know, around that good program at Memphis as well. Yeah. And you need a to me, you need a a guy that's been around the Memphis market like Coach Jones to go out and recruit like the relationship with these high school coaches as well. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Elijah, your brother, uh, committed to the Navy midshipman. First of all, Elijah, 
thank you for going into the service, you know, for our country, first of all, when you go into the Navy. Um, can you just talk about the Navy commitment that you had with the coaching staff over there? Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it started out um, a long time ago, actually, my eighth grade year. Um, that was actually the first time that I came in contact with one of the coaches. It has always been, uh, you know, a lifelong dream and goal of mine to, you know, serve this country. And when I found out that you could do both and play football at the Naval Academy, that was kind of a no-brainer for me. So I first emailed uh, my recruiting coach, well, who was going to be my recruiting coach, Coach Ingram, up at Navy when I was in eighth grade, and he couldn't respond to me then, but uh, he saw the message. And when I got to my junior year, that's when he finally, you know, messaged me back, and that's when we kind of started this recruiting process. So, I mean, it's always – it's been uphill from there. Uh, ever since my junior year, I've been coming in contact with a lot more of the coaches, and then up to now – that's kind of, you know, sealed the deal for me. Can you talk about how that, uh, forgive me on your future head coach's last name, but uh, <laughs> we could never get it right. But uh, just talk about the coach. Right, Ken yeah. Coach Ken that has been around that Navy program for so many years. Just talk about the relationship that you might, that you have with him so far. Um, well, I've gotten to talk with him a couple times, not much, but I did go up to the uh, Navy Air Force game last year, and I mean, he, he's a, I mean, he loves the program, oh, but that was he's fun. a Navy guy all the way, yes, uh, I've been talking with, you know, coaches, I mean, they love him, he's all for it, he's, off, he's obviously been offered the Arizona job twice, and the uh, Washington, one of the Washington jobs, but I think, you know, even though that, I think he's, you know, he's going to be a Navy guy until he retires. You know, he loves this program. He loves, you know, what the Naval Academy stands for and what the Navy football players bring. So I think he'll, he's a great guy. Talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about um, the draw to Navy specifically versus uh, just, say, any other university. I mean, because, as we know, going to a Armed Forces Academy just – holds a little bit more, uh, uh, well, I mean, just use the term rank. It, it holds more rank. Gotcha. Um, I think what really drew me to Navy instead of other schools was I wanted that, um, that military feel. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, since I wanted, I've wanted to go into the armed forces my whole life, you know, being able to go to one of the academies and, you know, come out as a second lieutenant and, you know, have that rank. I think that kind of, you know, it shows it for itself, being able to go into the service at the same time, but also being able to get a great education as well. One of the top educations in the country. I mean, it's just everything that you could want if you want to go into the military. So that was, that's why I chose one of the academies. Well, and another thing with Navy, I mean, really, when you look at them, I mean, they play top-notch programs. I mean, you'll be coming and playing, you know, your brother. I mean, you know, Memphis. Uh, I mean, um, Air Force is always a fun game, but, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than Army-Navy. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you go back and look at that game last week, that was a good game. I know uh -huh. Navy did not, you know, come out ahead. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. it's of my opinion that they should flip-flop back and forth home. Uh, in that series, just to be able, I think it'd be great 
to showcase just the beauties of those two campuses. Uh, and maybe, you know, every third year you go play uh, back at Philadelphia. Uh, what's your opinion on that as far as um, being able to move back and forth between the home stadiums instead of playing it on a neutral site? I mean, I think that's a great idea. I think having it at Army this year was, I mean, it was insane. College game day was there. I mean, just the historical, you know, foundation and historical things that are at, you know, the academies, I think, you know, it's, it brings to light so many things that people didn't know about the academies. So, I mean, I think that's a great idea to do that, that flip-flopping each year. Well, and then, you know, I mean, of course, with, with fans not being there, I mean, could you imagine game day with fans, Army, Navy, I mean, just how they fall into the stadium and, I mean, that that would have been just absolutely awesome to see. Um, thank you very much for honoring our country. Uh, thank you very much for um, choosing a, a Armed Forces service. I think that's very honorable um, and uh, we'll definitely be watching your career uh, moving forward. Christian, do you have anything for him? Yeah, I, I know you're kind of new to the, the rivalry, but can you speak a little bit on the rivalry itself? And, you know, I know it's probably a lot more – a lot different than, you know, your typical other rivalries in college football? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I can speak a little bit on it just from, you know, being able to talk with coaches and players about it. I don't think I can speak a full experience into it. But, I mean, I think the Army-Navy rivalry is unlike any other, you know. it's They play it once a year. It's kind of the game of the year when it happens. Um, for those three hours or whatnot, they are complete rivals and they hate each other. But then after they're going to go, you know, fight for each other's lives and serve alongside each other and who knows where around the world. So, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy rivalry. And I think it's going to be a blast when I be able to get there. Jeremiah, has Ryan Severfield actually told you like what kind of position they might be using you at? Mm -hmm. So we talked uh, probably a couple weeks ago and he basically just, asked me, hey, he said, just be ready to run. He said, we're going to have a Wildcat quarterback package for you. You're going to play in a little slot receiver. You'll be playing a little running back. You're going to be on all special teams. And so kind of everywhere, I mean, a lot of people since I've committed has basically said they're going to use you like the Saints use Taysom Hill, like kind of everywhere. And I'm excited. That's what I was, yeah, that's why I asked you that. Yeah. Wow. And that's one of the big reasons I chose that as well because Coach Sillerfield saw me in high school. He watched me play football, basketball. He kind of knows what I can do skill set-wise. I love to play football regardless of a position. Um, so, you know, it, it'll help being a quarterback. You know, I played Division one quarterback for three years. So that lens will be able to help me for when I'm, or when I'm, you know, coming out of the backfield. I know exactly what the quarterback's wanting. And then when I get back there as a Wildcat quarterback, you know, take some hits off the regular quarterback, you know, in the run game third and short, you know, goal line packages, you know, you don't want to get your starting quarterback just drilled, you know, big hits that he doesn't need to take. You know, that's kind of where I think I'll come in and, you know, take some pressure off him and just kind of play everywhere. And I'm fired up about that opportunity to be able to literally go everywhere around the field and try to give defensive coordinators problems. You know, uh, one thing. John... And then Elijah, you're going to be playing tight end. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, as you'll be playing tight end for Navy. Uh, I will actually be playing linebacker. Okay. Ooh, nice. He so, versus, ooh, can't wait for that matchup, right? Yeah. What? Yes, sir. <laughs>
Your parents are gonna be wearing Hostavides clothes, also. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, 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 half Memphis, half Navy jersey might look kind of cool. Um, Jeremiah, let me ask you this: John and I were talking a few weeks back. Um, obviously, we know what success Mike Norvell brought to the university um, and, and and where he took us. Uh, John and I were talking a few weeks back about Ryan. Nor- I'm sorry, Ryan Silverfield, and uh, how we think that Ryan Silverfield. We're glad he's here because he can continue the success. But at the same time, he has to do it in his own way. You mentioned earlier, you know, Norvell, typically you wasn't that his prototypical style of quarterback where you fit in a little more with Norvell. Uh, Having Kevin Johns as that offensive coordinator and just his style of offense, uh, can you talk a little bit about the style of offense that Memphis runs and and just how you – can can fit into that. I know we talked about you being kind of a Taysom Hill style, but do you bring other uh, uh, variables to that offense? I mean, I think I will. I mean, I don't want to, you know, downgrade what Memphis has. I mean, obviously with what Calvin's doing is unreal. You got Javon and, and Todd, which are two young guys that have a lot to learn. And me and Coach, I, I talked with Coach Johns on the phone maybe a week ago and just kind of, we introduced ourselves, he introduced himself to me just to say, Hey, I'm fired up to have you on here. You know, I can't wait to, you know, use you in different ways. But I think the cool thing that I'm excited that I will bring to the table, you know, especially in that receiver room is a little bit of a experience and a mature mentality. And as, and coming from the quarterback position, helping those guys out, whether it's running backs, tight end receivers, kind of understand what quarterbacks are looking for, because sometimes you know, plays don't always go exactly how, you know, they're designed to go. And so being able to find the soft spots, being able to kind of know, you know, identify coverages, you know, in that room will be something that I'm excited to hopefully bring, you know, some of that knowledge that I've gained over these three years from the quarterback lens to that receiver room. And and I know Coach Johns and has, has mentioned that, that, you know, they, they kind of need some of, you know, mature leadership, you know, within their offense with some of the guys, you know, departing, after this year. So he's, uh, they're, they're expecting, you know, me to come in and, and, and try to c- contribute right away. And whatever that means, you know, is what it means. And I'm excited for whatever my role is going to be. But I think, you know, more than football, just being able to kind of mentor those younger guys that have been there for a year or two, this will be my fifth, fifth year, you know, coming up, just kind of giving them some wisdom and knowledge that can help their game, you know, translate and, you know, take that next step. All right, All right, here's a question for both of y'all real quick. Oh, go Sorry, ahead. Wes. How did it feel to go against the Herb Street boys? <laughs> well, I, ne- I I was a senior when he was when okay. they were freshmen. He that, that that's a him that's a okay. question. He played against all three of them. Oh wow, that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's pretty interesting experience just, you know, with the relationship, you know, their dad is went to I think two of the three games that we played him at. So just Kind of, it was interesting to be able to see him up in the stands, and then you know the next day you see him on college game day. So I mean, it, it was it was a fun experience, especially since their sons, you know, were our rival school. So you know, the reason I'm bringing that up is because you know next year Brentwood Academy is going to be doing the SEC Conference of High School Football. You know, Brentwood was going to be playing the Briarcrest and the Christian Brothers now, and everything going three hours traveling. You know, with that new district they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, what can y'all tell me or what can y'all tell us about your favorite high school memory, like your favorite football games in general back in high school? Uh, no doubt my favorite high school memory was the 2015 state championship game. 
Uh, we played our rival NBA and went into double overtime. Uh, we won our we we went for two to win the game and and on double overtime. We broke like every state championship record offensively between the two teams. I mean, there was one punt the whole game. Um, wow. We had beat them. We had beat them earlier in the year pretty handily. I mean, Ty Chandler, who's playing right now for Tennessee, they're starting running back. Um, he was a four. I mean, he I think he had like 300 yards all purpose. I mean, it was one of those back and forth games that took about three and a half hours, four hours. But uh, like I said, it was a 56, 55. I mean. We kind of had a game-winning drive to, to tie it, went for two to tie it. And then, you know, it kind of, from there, went to overtime and we both kicked a field goal. They scored on the first place, second overtime. And then uh, we scored on a third and goal from, you know, however far out and then went for two because we kind of had the idea we're not stopping Ty Chandler again in third overtime. So we might as well go for two for the win, so. That was, that was the, hands down my favorite high school memory was that state championship game. Yeah, you had 495 yards in that game. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – I mean, we had, we, we had some hosses at receiver. We had some dudes up front. I mean, those guys helped make me look pretty good. What about you, Elijah? Um, I think my favorite high school memory would probably be – this this senior season just in general you know my junior year we went six and four and didn't make the playoffs in the first time in the you know history of the school so that was kind of a bummer we lost to you know three league teams and uh, another week out of league team and you know coming back this year senior season you know we beat every team that beat us last year so that was kind of a that was a big bright side even though we didn't make the playoffs you know we had a crazy senior season we didn't make the state championship, you know, it was a crazy senior season. So that would be my highlight this senior year. I mean, just talking, you know, just playing this year in general with the COVID, you know, I thought everything did pretty well with high school football this year, to be honest with you. Oh, most definitely. I, I honestly didn't think we were going to be able to play more than one game at one point. So being able to, you know, get more than 10 games in is was, you know, very nice. All right, so Elijah, fast forward to next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, just imagine Memphis. Uh, just imagine Navy. Imagine you playing linebacker. Imagine that young man standing right next to you right now playing quarterback. <laughs> you got a you got a shot to lower the hammer. The question everybody has is, do you do it? Oh, no doubt. I mean, it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I was wanting. That's what I was wanting. <laughs> all right so uh Look, we, um, <laughs> go ahead i said we've missed each other by one year every year so when he was uh when i was in eighth grade he was in he was a fourth grader when i was a senior he was an eighth grader so we never got that chance to play together in the same you know high yeah. school level middle school level and we didn't really think it would be happening in college but the crazy thing is like last year um, we kind of, when Silverfield got the job, we were in Florida together, you know, we were watching the cotton bowl and I had two years left of eligibility at that time. And the thought of grad transferring was in my head. And I know, remember us talking like, okay, like we Silverfield's my guy. Like we, we talk like what, what's the possibility of us, me going to Navy and you going to, or me going to Memphis and you going to Navy and us squaring off once, you know, once and for all, and finally settling all these arguments yeah. we've been having. 
And so like for that to become a reality here soon, you know, I have two years left and he obviously has all his years left. It's bound to happen at least once where we, <laughs> us two square off and, you know, for 18 years, you know, we've been, you know, having fun arguments about whose team would have beat who, who would have, you know, it could you have tackled me in open field, you know, the arguments, I mean, it, it, no matter what, it'll all be settled, you know, it could be settled in one play. So that'll be. All those years that you picked on him, man, they're going to come back to you. I promise yeah, you they yeah, will. Yeah, they're coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, we're, that is awesome. We're that is an, that. That, that, honestly, guys, this is an awesome story, um, not just on a local level, but I believe on a national level, uh, to have two brothers uh, get a chance to go uh, play at schools that they've both, honestly, I, I, I can pretty well tell you I, just by interviewing you guys, both of you guys are where you guys, I think, want to be. Uh, I think Navy, obviously, uh, Elijah is where you want to be. And I think the same way with Jeremiah and Memphis. Uh, I think in a crazy year uh, like 2020, this is a great uh, lesson for all of us to say, hey, we just sit back and kind of trust the process. Um, you know, things can always turn out for the better. No doubt. Christian, you got anything for I'm good. I, I've enjoyed listening to them. Got you guys. Uh, interesting. Definitely an interesting story with two brothers, and eventually, probably even playing each other. That man. That's that makes me jealous. You know, I, I had a younger brother, and I we were always on the same team, so never got to really go at it. And he's he was also a couple years younger. So, um, but yeah, that's awesome. And I I wish y'all the best and y'all's. Uh, new careers at new different at different teams i appreciate it thank you so much mm -hmm. jeremiah i'm gonna bring up i'm gonna bring up your austin p day for one more second if you don't mind uh yeah can you talk about coach bowman what he's done for austin p as well because yeah. me personally i think you know coach bowman is definitely gonna be a college coach one day in the college ranks yeah coach Bo. i mean me and me and coach Bo had built a really good relationship um, the past year and a half, um, him coming from UT Martin, who had played against Austin P for two years. So he kind of got to game plan against me for two years. And then he got to join our staff. And I mean, his knowledge of the game, you know, obviously being played at the professional level, coming back coaching, I think he coached Memphis High School for a little bit. Then he's Corey Jones. The, yeah. Now he's in the college level. And I mean, his his ability to, you know, coach and motivate kids, I think, speaks for itself. I mean, you see his connections collegiate wise. You see, you know, how all of his players and former players um, interact with him on social media. I mean, he's a top notch coach. Um, I think, like you said, he'll he'll be at a big time school one day. Um, he does everything right. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was always it was fun competing against him in practice and in the summers. Uh, he always had those guys, you know, coached up really well. So he, he knows what he, he knows, you know, what to do. He does it well. He coaches really well. And he, he, you can tell he loves what he does. So you know, I, I love Coach Bowman. And now he's back at UT Martin. So I think his his career is just getting started. Never know. You could probably see him again when Memphis plays UT Martin in the near future, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, guys, you know, that was fun. Yeah, that's what I was just getting ready to say, John. I completely agree, man. This has been a great time uh, getting ready to chit-chat with both of you guys, uh, getting ready to, you know, pick your brains a little bit. But, uh, guys, it's it's championship Saturday. Uh, we want to give you guys a chance to watch a little football today as well. But uh, thank you very, guys, very much, guys, for being on the show. 
Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to get to uh, talk with you guys, and we will definitely be following your careers uh, moving forward. And, hey, later on down the road, guys, we'd love to have you guys back on the show if, uh, if, if time is available. Oh, yeah, we'd love to, yes, man. Sir, especially love to especially after I uh, shake dude out of his boots. I'd love to come back <laughs> on here and talk about it. <laughs> well, we are recording this, and this is live, so we got oh. to <laughs> But, uh, guys, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, once again, guys, we have a YouTube channel. It's College Pickle with Wes and John. Uh, for everyone, this is also live on YouTube as well. So we want to thank everybody on YouTube uh, for watching. Uh, please like, subscribe, and hit the little notification bell uh, to get all your live updates from College Pickle with Wes and John. For everyone on Facebook today, it's been a great day of uh, two great interviews. We had a great show this morning with some College Picks. And then we've had an awesome interview today, this afternoon, with uh, Jeremiah and Elijah Oatsfall. Thank you very, 